0: Or, like, you know, you've tied like three squirrels together and you're pretending it's a cat because you're poor. I don't know. Something like that. That's what they did.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, What's your point?
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And this is our 75th podcast that we're taping today. So, hey. Also, the uh, sky has turned red. The sun is bleeding. Mm. uh, The air is full of smoke. And our throats are closing up from said smoke. Yes. So, uh, will we be able to make it through the next hour? We will see. Yes. Yes. We're going to try our best, though. Thanks so much for uh, for listening. Uh, I'm uh, not in town this week. I am in New York City. Congratulations. I, I'm uh, over there. In my wife's... Uh, com- Why are you going? Uh, my wife did a comic book called Why the Last Man that was a very, very good comic book. And FX is making it into a pilot. To see if they want to do a series, so yes. we're going to go visit the set. Okay. So uh, and you've been invited to go visit the set. Oh, uh, this is going to go. Then that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you can just visit sets, right? You can just like you walk know, on. I don't see why not. Yeah, that's how extras like get their work. Right? They just walk sure. in the background of oh, things. Oh yeah,
1: I just come in and just say I like some. I like a job.
0: Well, we'll see how it goes. So anyway, we're going to do that. Uh, we're also going to go uh, have a little bit of steak at a really nice steakhouse. What's it called? It's called uh, Steaky Steakhouse from Stickton. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> that's not going to you. We watched
1: the show. You could have told them that you promoted the steakhouse on your podcast. We, uh, Maybe you got a discount. Yeah, that
0: would impress them nowadays. <laughs> um, Podcasts are big deals. Yeah, that's right. It's the Bitcoin of... Uh, uh, Big th- deal uh, Radio. Uh, no we we were watching a show called uh, Somebody Feed Phil And uh, it's a, 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 quite a good show uh-huh. uh, This guy Phil goes around the world He's the creator of uh, Everyone Loves Raven And he goes to New York and they eat at the steakhouse And it looked insanely good And so that w- we're going and we were able to get a reservation So nice. we're going to be going with uh, cool. uh, Pia's uh, writer of YI uh, Brian K. Vaughn And we're all going to go And we're going to go eat some steak also the author of uh, Saga. Yeah, with, uh, with Fiona Staples, who's another uh, pal. Um, and he also does, uh, I think it's called Barrier, I think, on his panel syndication, syndicate.com uh, uh, website. Okay. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a good writer. I think he's going He'll places. also did a book with, with former guest of the show, Steve Gross. Right. So we stand on guard, stand on guard. Stand on guard, that's right. Uh, he also, are we going to just go through it's this? It's called On Guard. We stand on guard. Stand uh, yeah. on guard. On guard. It's about fencing, <laughs> uh, and uh, he created uh, Runaways, uh, the yeah. comic book series that's now going into its second season. Oh, is it? So what I'm saying is, uh, I hope he, uh, he treats uh, to this restaurant. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're gonna go, and I love New York, so it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun times, good I heard, times. I heard it's a
1: heck of a town. Mm-hmm. The Bronx is up, and the battery's down. People Uh, travel in a hole in the
0: ground. Where the chuds eat them, New York, New York. (laughs) That's where the chuds are.
1: It's very mean to chuds.
0: When I first went to New York, I I was telling you this They're now called People of Chuddery. Sure. Uh, Lady Chuddery's lover. Uh, When I first went to New York, I made my way around because I Mm -hmm. knew it so well from... Television, a film,
1: right? Lady, Lady Yes, lover. it is.
0: Okay. Uh, after uh, Poultry Goose or whatever that that one was, Poultry Geist. That was what they was. Poultry Goose. Oh, poultry, poultry, poultry goose would also be a good one. Get, get him on the, get them on the horn. It's also poultry.
1: Uh, forget it. does I was going to say poultry too about a beautiful. Listen, ghost. this is
0: our third podcast of the day, and we are giddy as hell. <laughs> uh, we we neither of us is a big drinker, neither of us is a big uh, drug user, but uh, we do like uh breathing a lot of smoke doing three podcasts <laughs> yeah. until we're insane in the brain. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, first time I went to New York, I got my I got around because I knew it from TV shows and movies. I knew it so well yeah. that I knew the j- general grid and uh, I was able to like find my way around just from uh, Osmosis. Well, that's good. So but from the don't... movie Osmosis Jones. But you oh,
1: <laughs> that successful movie.
0: Yeah. You you <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, you're sneezing like Bill Murray in Osmosis Jones. <laughs> I hope you don't have a horrible virus.
1: I do. Now you do too. Welcome to New York. Uh, but you did uh, say that you do not know. Do, 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 you do not know what to do in New York, and you were looking for advice.
0: Too late now. I'm already there. Well, that's right. I asked it on last week's show. By this point i'm uh, I'm Already, well deep into in. it. You're you know what? In. I will be there for a couple more days when yeah. this drops. Sure. So if you hear this right away yeah. go onto our website sneakydragon.com or SneakyD at sneakydragon.com and write us and uh, say what should I do in New York? Yeah 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 and'll and I'll do that. Well, they should tell you what to do in New York, not not say what to do in New York. What I will be doing, as I do in any city that I go to, though, is I will be going to every bookstore, I'll be looking for a copy of Sparks, and I'll be placing it in a more predominant position oh, in the store, okay. hopefully not having anyone see me do that. That's interesting. Yeah, I always, like, uh, display it better and put it out. That's different than me. What whereas, do you do?
1: Whereas, whenever I go to a bookstore, I always walk in, look for Oberon Waugh's Diaries, mm-hmm. 1972 to 1976, Four Turbulent Years. Mm-hmm. Never seem to find it, and then I leave the bookstore uh, forlorn. But I always have something else that I found, so I'm less forlorn than you might think.
0: Something I do is I go into a used bookstore, I pick up the cat that's in there, and I take it with me. Oh, really? And I've built up quite a
1: collection of cats now. <laughs> I can imagine so. Yeah, book cats are a special kind of cats.
0: Yeah, that's what the store I'm opening is called, Book Cats. Okay. And it's just cats that I have stolen from bookstores, yeah. and I sell those. Yeah. And I'm going to save enough money up from that to open a bookstore. Very very
1: good. It was a good idea. I like, yeah, I like your I like your model. Yeah, speaking to you as a person who has a lot of experience in startups, mm-hmm. in uh, small business startups, I like your business model.
0: Then what I intend to do in the bookstore is I intend to have a cat flap, and on the other end of the like the inside of the store, I'm going to put some tuna. Yeah, hopefully cats will wander in, not be able to get out. Mm-hmm. I will then take those cats. Uh, and then when the books, uh, I've sold all the books, yeah. I will then take these cats to another store and I will open up again the cat bookstore where I just sell the cats. And I'll just repeat the cycle and see how it goes. Interesting. Yeah. And and by the way, you can only pay me in Bit- Bitcoin. Oh, well,
1: that seems to be all the rage though, like on the in the paper that I get every day. You know
0: what I hear? What? Anger. It's all the rage.
1: Anger is all the rage? <laughs> yep. Kenneth Anger.
0: Sure. Just don't look back.
1: In, in kind of anger. That's
0: right. Okay. The uh, so giddy, we can't breathe. What, the air quality is the worst in North America. What can you do when uh, Scorpio is
1: rising? Nothing but Hollywood Babylon, and that's what we're very good at on the show.
0: Back uh, to you, Dave. So,
1: uh, when I was putting together my business model when I was starting up a uh, bookstore, as mm-hmm. I I made a small cardboard uh, papier mache model of a bookstore and brought it into the person and he. Threw it in the garbage can right in front of me and threw me out of the bank. But I was going to say something, which is in the paper nowadays is is all, Oh, it's the rage that they have these um, uh, apps you can get on your put on your phone that allow you to buy Bitcoin right from the app. Now you and I would be thinking, what is the point of buying Bitcoin? Is this worth anything? The answer is yes. The other answer, the other question though, is why is it worth something? <laughs> It's a very strange thing because it, yeah. all it is yeah. it's is a it's, cryptocurrency.
0: It's a cryptocurrency. Tells us the cryptocurrency. Yes, it's introduced <laughs> by the gravekeeper. It will be worth a lot in many years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the coin keeper.
0: That's right. He. he, he uh, the box stops here. <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, like, Use your common sense. I watched a video about it because
1: I was so confused because they're talking about like Bitcoin mining. Sure. And I had like in my mind, of course, the idea of classic mining. I was like, there's places where people are like digging <laughs> in the ground looking Did,
0: for Bitcoins? You didn't really think what? that. What is
1: this thing? No, oh, I didn't really think that. But I just wondered, it's just so, so evocative of right. something, right?
0: Right so, now you uh, sound like an elderly character on a sitcom.
1: <laughs> I am an elderly character in a sitcom. I am the grumpy old man in Zach Hill in the newspaper.
0: <laughs> the, but you I watched, mean Zach Hill? cuz he does come across as the grumpy does, old man. There is a grumpy old man. They're all grumpy
1: yeah. in different ways. Uh but no, I watched a video about it, and, you know, just showing how they have all these server banks set up. Yeah. And it's just it's just constantly doing all these algorithms searching yeah. for these mi- hidden uh bitcoin uh codes that are somewhere out there. Some have been lost forever. There's ones that oh, have been course. found and, and have, have been lost.
0: It's only on one computer. And yeah, they, they had a thing on uh, This American Life about that where, like, there's so many people who have thrown out their computers and it's the only record of the Bitcoin. So they go and they hunt for their computers, like, in, uh, in junkyards. Okay. Like, they hunt for their computers because there is so much money on these computers. Yeah. And only they can open it with the uh, key that they've got. Okay. Yeah, which is a code. Yeah. There's a, if you go to, here's the weird thing, you know Kingsgate Mall that's over here? Yes. All right. It was uh, very close to Hell Kitty Studios. I, I I wrote a song about it. If you look up Kingsgate Mall on YouTube, okay. you'll f- you'll find a, a song about a mall. I sang it. Um, I'll do that right now. Oh, it's okay. 40,000 hits. It's, it's pretty good. That's uh, good. So, but if you go to the dollar store there, yep. next to the gumball machine, so it goes gumball machines. Yeah. So that's really gumball machines. Yeah dollar store yeah. in between that yeah bitcoin machine oh really yeah you can get a bitcoin there you can get a piece of a bitcoin yeah you can't afford a whole bitcoin no what do you a millionaire it. yeah yeah but that's what are you a bit millionaire a bit millionaire yeah
1: it's weird isn't it? i mean i remember hearing about it when it first started and thinking this is stupid and now i'm now i'm looking at myself in the mirror going you're stupid should have bought a why bitcoin. would
0: you have liked to have bought a bitcoin for what it was selling
1: for then you and then what c- would you do
0: I guess you just hang on to it. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, until it goes nothing. nothing. Until it's nothing. That's how it goes. I
1: probably would have lost it though, because I've gone through several laptops sure. since then. That's fine. Although both of them are sitting at home. But
0: here's the problem: for everyone who goes like, "Oh, I could have bought it for a dollar," let's say a dollar, I could have bought it for a dollar, and now it's uh, now it's worth twenty thousand dollars. Okay, which is not un un toward yeah. reasonable unkempt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's. Fa- but here's the problem. When do you sell it? That's the thing. Did you sell it at five thousand? Because that sounds sensible. Sure. I made. I pay. I paid a buck. I'm gonna get five thousand. I'm at wait. And now you're like, oh, I could have got ten. And like, you sell it at ten. Well, that sounds crazy reasonable. Holy cow! Look how much money you made. And I was like, oh, I could have made twenty. Like, how do you know? It's just a monkey's paw. Yeah. It's a monkey's paw. You have got something that's gonna go up in value, and then at some point, something's gonna happen. I don't know what's going to happen a butterfly's going to flap its wings and fly into a circuit board <laughs> yeah. and it's going to short something out and it's going to be worth nothing and you're going to go I should have sold it when I could have and it'll just drive you mental.
1: Well, it's the ultimate example of how currency is a is a system of of reasonable agreement. Yeah. You know? Like it, obviously it has no intrinsic value. Of course not. It's just a string of numbers, but you know Like it's a string of numbers that doesn't even, is not even backed by money. No. Like the idea of like a dollar bill in your hand is that that dollar represents some sort of. It used to be backed by gold, but it's not backed by gold. Not not since the Bretton Woods Agreement after World War II, you're right. But the, 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 there's still the idea that the government has, it has value. Like, say, the Canadian government or the, 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 the country of Canada has a, intrinsic value and the money the money that we produce you know is symbolic of that value and so our money is worth this amount and we and we agree on it we agree that our dollar Mm -hmm. is worth you know it's worth less than a euro it's worth less than a pound it's worth less than an american Mm -hmm. dollar and that's agreed upon by everyone we have this reasonable agreement but the bitcoin once again it's a reasonable agreement but it seems so weird because it's not it's not in the possession of a country. Nope. It has nothing...
0: People don't trust the countries.
1: Well, not that people don't trust the countries, So mm, the people but who are working oh. in Bitcoin, most people who most people who originally were, were in the Bitcoin world were drug dealers, uh, weapon sellers, and other kind of nefarious activities. Some were, and some were just want... investors. Some moment. were investors, but a lot, of, a lot of Bitcoin activity... Sure. You know, there's one thing to be an investor. You buy it and you hold on to it. Yeah. There's another thing when it's being actually traded between people what that tended to be was you know they didn't want people paying attention to what they're and if doing. you
0: are a drug dealer listen the thing about that is you know we're what not any- judging <laughs> uh, uh, yeah yeah uh, but as a drug dealer you make a lot of money yeah. until you don't and then it all goes away mm-hmm. so uh that's gonna happen yeah. and you're taking high risk and yeah. so yeah of course it would appeal to someone like that
1: it, it makes usually, sense usually it's like this you're a drug dealer yeah you make a lot of money okay. and then you go away
0: could be Yeah. don't get high on your own supply <laughs> don't don't do a lot of things of, uh, of of Bitcoin, but yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's a and it's so bizarre and it's so like I don't get it. So people don't, and then some people do, yeah. and then they write a story. But here's the thing: there are so many cryptocurrencies out there. There's just so many cryptocurrencies, and they all work in the same way. That's just the most famous one. Yeah, you know, so like, why not invest in one of the other ones? Just lowball it. Just get a bunch of you know, a little amount of money and put it in a whole bunch, and then just hope like some one of them's going to go up. Yeah, why not? Yeah. You could, yeah, yeah, yeah. or you could just go to work at your job and uh hopefully yeah, get some money. but your job
1: doesn't doesn't doesn't, val, it doesn't have that kind of uh value that where it, where it where it you know grows so so much. Not that all not that all cryptocurrencies are necessarily going to grow the way no, the Bitcoin has. No, they're not at all.
0: Yeah, yeah that's the thing. It's just it's gambling. It's just straight well, yeah, up gambling. Kind of, yeah. But then so's the stock market. But but I mean but you, your mutual funds are gambling. That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah, stock market, mutual yeah. funds,
1: anything, you know, even even most they play money markets. Too. Yeah, that's
0: right. It, like even the bank is gambling. Really, I mean, you know, that was that was what happened. Yeah. You know, uh, the banks just went and everyone went, and you lost and everyone. Went, you know, that's what it is. There is no security. When you were talking about like uh, how you know the dollar used to be backed by gold, you know, before World War One, uh, World War Two. It was World War One, wasn't it? No,
1: after World War Two, they decided to uh, end the gold standard. Okay. Because countries, because there's so much debt after World War II that countries couldn't afford to... Uh, okay,
0: there was something that happened with gold in World War One that I had to do an essay on once. Oh, anyway, okay. long story, long story. I think it was about, oh, I know what it was. It was just about America entering into World War I and they had, for the most part, like just thrown money at it. Yeah. And then eventually they had to throw manpower at it because okay. they wanted to like not, sure. you know, have their population go in.
1: Well, I think England had to briefly go off the gold standard after World War One, but then they went back on it. Yeah. And then after World War II, like I say, there was the Bretton Woods Agreement, which was signed somewhere in in North in the uh, New England area of America, and it was agreed that they would drop the gold standard because there was so much debt mm-hmm. that everyone accrued during World War II that it would just have been impossible to have a gold standard and also carry the amount of debt that all the countries But even, have.
0: even that, when you're going, like, the dollar is backed by gold, meaning there's yeah. uh, an equal amount of gold to the dollars that you, they're issuing. And then you go, like, but what's gold? It's just a rock that we've gone, no, like... No, no, you're right. you're right. Yeah, that we've gone, like, yeah. eh, it's all arbitrary, mm-hmm. so, meh. It's a great, It's a reasonable agreement. It's almost. a reasonable agreement. Yeah, but you know, how much yeah. does an apple cost? I don't know. You can go pick it off a tree and <laughs> eat it. And that's how it was. It also,
1: the Bretton Woods uh, was where they came up. They decided on the Marshall Plan, that helped rebuild Germany and Japan after the war. There we go. Which was like the opposite of what they did after World War One, where they basically just let it let Germany
0: didn't go well though. Hang,
1: no, that's exactly right. That's why they whoops. That's why they went a different way
0: with. And that's why they call what they did in World War One the whoopsie doodle.
1: (laughs) Whoops. That's right. World War Whoopsie Doodle. Yeah. That's what we call it in Canada, anyway. I don't know what the Americans call it. It's the Great
0: War. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, and I mean, listen, for all the people bad mouth World War Two and like it's so many horrible things. Yeah. So many great television channels have come out of it. One, at least. Yes. Yeah. And that is um, CBS.
1: <laughs> what? Because a Murder, she wrote? Yes. Okay. That, makes all, that
0: all makes sense, not to me. Because she would solve a murder, mm-hmm. and then she would hunt down a Nazi. <laughs> but you'd only see that part yeah. if you lived in Canada. Because sure. that was just a bonus part That's that right. they had in yeah. Canada.
1: Part of, as I always said, it always said at the bottom of the screen, celebrating World War whoopsie doodle.
0: <laughs> um, uh, Did you know... It was weird that Angelon's oh, where he got into a bare knuckle fight at the end of every one of those episodes. I know, it is weird, isn't it? And why, why she'd like always try to take her shirt off and they'd go, no, 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 it's we're good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, it she really usually, good. but then she would tie like a halter top, like she would just yeah. tie up the top, kind of like Daisy Duke.
0: And then she'd like put her mm-hmm. fists in uh, broken glass. Yes. And then like just start swinging them wildly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Very wildly. Yeah. You couldn't even see yeah. her legs move. She was so fast. Yep. Yeah. Murder, she wrote, as she kicked. <laughs>
1: That's what the show is called in Canada, in memory of World War Whoopsie-Doodle. Um, I'm just going to I'm gonna change the topics. How? <laughs> just by making a 180-degree breakneck turn on this <laughs> Let's road see that we're talking about. Uh Did you know uh-huh. that they are remaking Suspiria? Mm. Doesn't that seem weird?
0: No, they remake everything. I know, but okay. Make something they wouldn't remake. Right now, anything. They wouldn't remake. That's too sacred.
1: Sallow, 100 Days of Sodom. <laughs> The Pier Paolo Pasolini movie,
0: Citizen Kane. You couldn't remake Citizen. I don't Kane. think
1: they would remake Citizen Kane.
0: That's what I'm saying. You but couldn't.
1: I mean, but okay. Well, this is, everything else though. I don't want to say that Suspiria is as good a movie as, as Citizen Kane. It it clearly and obviously isn't.
0: It's its own thing.
1: It's its own. thing. But that's the thing. It is its own thing. Yeah. And okay, the story is no great shakes. It's kind of a dumb movie in, in so many ways.
0: No, I have not seen it. Well,
1: it's a horror movie. I don't yes, really think do that. Kind of I stuff. don't like them. But. Okay, well, let me explain a little bit of the beginning of the movie to you. Because, well, not the but this is the idea of the movie. It stars Jessica Harper. She has the high forehead. She was in uh, Pennies from Heaven and uh, the great Phantom of the Paradise. Okay. And she is a uh, be- ballet student. She comes to this uh, f- famous ballet st- uh, school in Germany. Okay. She lands at the airport. She goes to the school. Strange things are happening, and that's the Now, was this founded movie?
0: before or after World War? Whoopsie doodle.
1: <laughs> During. Okay. And. But the thing about the movie is that it's dumb it's dumb, 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 and also dumb okay and it's is dumb, all right, but what makes it good is the elements of it the The soundtrack is fantastic it's by a band I think the band's called goblin, and it's basically just a uh, I think it basically the soundtrack is three guys in a room mm-hmm. hitting things and yelling. <laughs> okay, and that is that is the basically, soundtrack.
0: That's a podcast. It's
1: very <laughs> that's our podcast. <laughs> it's very effective though. I like it's it is genuinely scary. It ha- it's super stylized. It makes fantastic use of all this great Art Nouveau architecture where the movie is shot in Germany. Mm-hmm. There's beautiful buildings, beautiful architecture. It's really lovely. It has all this great Bava esque Mario Bava effects of using light using like like and it's a technicolor film and so it really uses color well but it ups the color it up everything's more color than it than you it should be the blood is bloodier than blood the every all the lights are weird colors uh rooms are lit and just red just things like that right just really takes advantage of color to create to create mood and atmosphere and it's it's very beautiful film everything about it is beautiful even the horrible murders in it are beautiful it's just shot in a really beautiful way but like I say, it's stupid. Like it's a movie that if you sat down and went, okay, what happened? A, let's go A to B, A to Z, and then back to L, and why? Why is Y now? What? Oh, back to Q, okay? Uh well, You know, it's just like it does not make any sense, and it, it's it's dumb. But it's a beautiful, and it has scary moments, and it's it's fun to watch. But you're not gonna like want to read a no- novelization of it, believe me.
0: Can I can I give you a theory of mine? Sure. I don't want to interrupt your your go. No, no, you go. Hey, here's my here's my theory about the, the scariest um like the one sc- well, of the scariest movies I've seen is Mulholland Drive to me. Okay. And it's here's why um because because
1: you haven't seen very many horror movies.
0: <laughs> I've seen I, I used to see quite a few and then they all stuck in my head. and I had to stop. Yeah. Um, but here's what I think the scariest things to you are. Are like uh, every night you have a dream, well, you have a dream or you have a nightmare. And the scariest things that you've you seen in your life probably aren't your nightmares, right? And your nightmares aren't linear. Your nightmares just feel like something and they're okay. disjointed yeah. and they're surreal and they're just elements of things. And if you broke down and just told your friend your nightmare that you'd had, they go, that sounds dumb. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. But like in Mulholland Drive, there's a thing where a woman's terrified and then these little old people come out, crawl from under the door. Yeah. And in a nightmare, that would be terrifying. Last night I had a dream where, uh, I was walking by a window and it just slammed open and this pure white child climbed through the window to come and get me. Ooh, and it was, a, yeah, that's I great. know. That sounds creepy, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, What's that mean? Where were they? What's their backstory? Are they trying to eat me? What's mm-hmm. going on? Who yeah. fucking cares? Yeah. It's just the moment there. It just the just the image, the feeling. That's that's the scary bit. And if you can, well, you know, this is the thing. Here's we thing. you We right do this. That's what you get.
1: The white child. Okay. The International Monetary Fund. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. were the Bretton Woods Agreement. Okay. It's all very clear. Yeah, all right. I don't see why you can see it.
0: Anyway, I'm just so going to smoke this with- cigar. <laughs> My mother. Anyway, I get you. Or something like in The Shining where, you know, the the doors of the elevator open and all the blood comes out. Yes,
1: once again, incoherent in terms of plot. But, and yet, it, so it feels like a nightmare. Yeah. yeah so
0: anything that ties into mm-hmm. and, and, can, and syncs up with... Yeah. That nightmare feeling, which is something no, no. David Lynch does very well.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, when I saw that, when I saw The Shining in the theater, that that sequence was so, so nightmarish and very scary because it was it was so nonsensical. They had no idea. He didn't know what was coming. And so it creates this real sense of fear because when you all bets are off, you don't know what's going to happen, you know. Right. They killed O'Grady. What? Uh, not O'Grady. That's a different guy. Grady's the guy. You no,
0: know, Grady in The Shining, yes.
1: Is it Grady? Scatman Crothers. Is he Grady? Yeah, I thought Grady was the caretaker or whatever.
0: He is a he is a caretaker, and he does no, that. no, no.
1: The caretaker who murdered his kid, his oh children. okay, is he Grady? Guy.
0: No, no, it's a, it's a different Knight name. Carthers was a different.
1: Anyway, it doesn't matter. But you know, once they kill him, they that doesn't happen in the book. So what the what's going to happen next? But uh yeah, so my feeling. So okay, they're going to remake Suspiria. Yes. If they're going to do that, then basically they have to not remake Suspiria. No,
0: no, you got to just use the name and then go, your own, it, and go your own direction. That's it. Direction. One hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And I'm really curious to see it. I actually want to see it quite a bit. It's directed by the fellow who directed um, Call Me by Your Name. The okay movie with Army Hammer and uh, that young fellow and the Peach and the Peach. Who's the Peach?
0: You haven't seen the movie, then? No. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not going to tell you.
1: All right. I have to watch it. Uh, Eve's seen it already, so it's hard for me to watch it because I, I like watching movies with other people. All right. But uh, she's like,
0: I got time for this, Dad. I got a life. Wow. Cats in the cradle and the silver the uh, spoon, dogs in the spoon, and dogs on the moon. Doodle. The dogs over there and the dogs over here. Why is this about dogs? a dog now? <laughs> I've made the song about a dog. There's so many dogs in so many different corners. Arf, 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 <laughs> arf, 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 the dog is just like me, wow. and the shaggy D A turned into a dog, <laughs> <laughs> and so on. Could you remake Suspiria?
1: Could I? Yes. Would I bother? Okay. You know you what? Is. I'd rather remake. I'd rather make remake Inferno, the, the 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 second movie in the series, which I think is has interesting elements. I was gonna, in like, it.
0: why would you want to remake that Tom Hanks movie?
1: No, not the Tom Hanks movie. This okay. is uh, Inferno, the 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 1979, I believe, uh, uh, sequel to Suspiria.
0: Very good. Not to be confused with Towering Inferno. I think
1: it took like another 26 years for the the next one to come out, Mother of Tears, which I have not seen. I have I have available for me to watch, but I have not yet watched it. Because I heard it's rather terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, do I need to finish this trilogy by watching a terrible movie? Eh. You know what I watched the other day, which was very good? And the, I first fell in love with it because it was on Mystery Science Theater 3000, but it's one of the few films that I've seen on Mystery Science Theater 3000 where I went, you know what? This is a damn good movie. I don't know why they're mm. making fun of it. And that's... Oh, uh, they
0: have fun sometimes.
1: Danger uh, Diabolique.
0: Do okay. Know,
1: do you know that movie? I've heard of it. It's uh, direct, directed by someone I obviously I like, because I mentioned him already, Maria Bava, okay. who uh, directed one of my personal scariest films, uh, Black, Black Sabbath, um, which is an anthology horror movie. Uh, he also did another one, which has a similar name. Is, or is Black Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, that's where Black Sabbath got the name from anyway, from oh, a Mario Bongo okay. film. But, um, yeah, this movie is about a master criminal na- whose name is, I guess, Diabolik. All right. And he is impossibly smart and clever and everything else. All right. And it's, but it's done in this super pop art way before, like, it's before Batman, but a year before Batman came out. So it's sort of kind of connecting to that similar, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you call it, zeitgeist that, that Batman was drawing from as well. Um, but the interesting thing about the film is that uh, it was produced by Dino De Laurentiis and he went to Bava and he said, um, I'll give you $3 million to make a Danger Diabolic film. And M- Bava turned to him and said, I can do it for 500000 And he did. Why did he make it for less? Because he did not like working with big budgets. Okay. He felt that it made it too easy to... It made the film too hard to make because he had too much. He had too many options and choices. Also, then.
0: for when he when you say that, what you are also telling your producer is shut up. I guess so. Really? Maybe you, that's part of what it. What are tweet. your notes? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I just <laughs> saved you two point five million dollars. What did you want me to do? <laughs> just keep doing what I'm doing. All right. That sounds be, great. Yeah. But
1: he was an artist himself, and so he would paint his own uh, matte paintings and stuff like oh, that. Oh, nice. So, like, there's sequences of Diabolic's underground layer, and it's all just painted. Um, you know, map paintings with the Mm. actors walking in the studio up this up like a step ladder. Oh, nice. You know, but it looks like they're walking upstairs, but they're just going up a step ladder to, you know, and it's just, it's very well, but it's a very goofy film in every way. It's just, it's a goof. It's just a goof off the whole thing, but it's a lot of fun. It's an Italian film. So it's one of those movies where the English actors are speaking English. The German actors are speaking German. The Italian actors are speaking Italian and they all meet somewhere in the dub. (laughs) So it all comes together, kind of like watching uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly and things like that, where every actor's mouth is moving at different places in in, in the English dialogue because they're all just speaking their own native language while they're while they're acting. So the other actors have to wait till they stop talking. Oh, I start. Okay. <laughs> and everyone speaks in that kind of quick way because they have to fit those words into this part of the movie where they have to get the plot in, but the, this other language can say it much more quickly, so I have to speak really fast. Oh, I hope that you like Train, sir, because trains are coming very quickly. So, yeah. Nice, but yeah, no, it's a really good film.
0: It's really fun. And have you watched it that. straight, like without the commentary? yeah?
1: Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it without. Um, I watched the Mister Science Theater one first, and then I I got a copy of. Is it. Is it a Mike or a Joel? It's a uh, Mike. Okay, it's one of the later ones. Probably one of the very last films. That oh, okay, I, I probably
0: have it on on disc somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you do. I think it's probably where I, I got it from one of one of the ones you lent me. And uh, yeah, it's um, but it's a lot of fun. It's just like a really goofy movie. Drives a black jaguar in the movie, and he's got this beautiful blonde girlfriend who's kind of his Achilles heel, and great se- sequences of... Ah, it's really good. I don't want to spoil it for people. All right, it's I'll check it's it out. a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun. I don't expect greatness, because it's a 1965 movie. Sure. Italian movie made on the cheap by a brilliant, crazy so man. Go rent
0: it for $1.99 on uh, something. And uh, watch it. Yeah, I have another film by his that I keep meaning to watch called Planet of the
1: Vampires, which is a, it's a great-looking movie, but I I can't make head nor tails of, of it. It's one of those films where I can't get through it because I started watching it, and it's it's science fiction done in the 60s, so it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean?
0: I do. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. 60s like science fiction. Is everyone's
1: kind of walking around very slowly. Is it British? It's No, it's Italian. Oh, so, yeah. well, same thing. Okay, yeah. very good. Like they have these really cool...
0: But by the um, same thing, I realize that uh, Italian and English is not the same thing. But you know what? When it comes to their sci-fi, it yeah, is. Yeah,
1: yeah. And yeah, they're just—they have these really great costumes, these leather spacesuits that they wear, uh, these red leather spacesuits, and they look really cool. But everything's done so slowly and with so deliberately that after a while, you're just kind of like, ugh, can't someone like just can we have a jump cut, <laughs> something?
0: So here's my question about vampires: is like, mm-hmm. if you did have a planet of the vampires, yep. everyone's bitten each other, yeah, and now you're all vampires, yeah, you're just waiting for some person to show up. Do you die? No, you live forever as a vampire. But yeah, but. But you got to feed, right? Or do you just get hungrier? I guess so. Is that how it goes? I guess so. But you don't die. No. What's I think- vampire rules about that?
1: I don't think you die. It's just uncomfortable. Maybe you start looking like Nosferatu.
0: Oh, maybe. Maybe that guy's having a hard time. <laughs> how old do you think Nosferatu is in, in that? Is that just like, was he at one point, like, is has he been aging as a vampire? Or was he just a guy who generally looked like that and then, be- then got bit by a vampire and, well, that's just good luck that you happen to look like one. But you look <laughs> like that generally. Or did he look like a regular guy and yeah. then just like a bit and then over time really got the long face and the little yeah, yeah. and like went went that way? like The rabbit teeth. Yeah, the rabbit teeth. Did he, you know, is that how you look eventually when you're a vampire? Well. Follow-up question. Does yes. he make more vampires or does he just eat? Is he the only one of him?
1: No, well, the story is the story is uh, basically it's it's Dracula, right? It's Dracula with but, Nosferatu,
0: but there's no other vampires in it besides Nosferatu. Right? No, no, just Nosferatu. Yeah, well, then it's not Dracula, because like, Dracula no, no, it is Dracula.
1: I got you. He wanted to make Dracula. Oh no, I hear you. The estate said no. Right. So he just used the used the story right. of Dracula, but changed the name. But of Nosferatu. in the story,
0: okay, but in Dracula, Dracula, yeah. there are the brides of Dracula, who are also vampires, right? They eat a baby and stuff. They're those guys. There's ladies. Oh, I don't know if they're in the in the in the film version. Well, I know the they are in the Hammer movies. It's okay. definitely The Brides yeah. of, of, of Dracula. Well, look, he, like makes, he, makes mo- he makes ladies into vampires. Okay. He does that. that I mean, good that's idea. his deal. It's a good idea. You look at Bram Stoker's Dracula, he makes some, a lady into a vampire. He does this. You're talking about the Francis Ford Coppola Coppola version. one, that's yeah. right. Bram Stoker's yeah. Dracula, that version. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but like Nosferatu is all about just eating you, right? Like He's not about changing people into vampires. What's his motivation in Nosferatu? It's been a while. I watched that movie Besides, a long time like, ago. Besides making a big shadow and creeping you out.
1: Yeah, that's his thing. It's one of those movies where you're like, okay, this is a classic, I should watch it.
0: This is so boring. It feels like the kind of- Why you, am I watching You this? watch in the background on Halloween when it's projected on a wall. Yeah. You know, pretty good. Oh, yeah, there you go. Or if there's the like- The
1: Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah, or- Once again, oh, so boring.
0: Or you're, you're at the Orpheum or some big theater and they're testing out the new organ. Yeah. And you get to watch it with a bunch of music and you're yeah. like, okay.
1: Do you know how I like to see Nosferatu or The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari? I like to see them as stills in a book about silent films. <laughs> They look really great. Like, oh, man, that's, I love that look. That's so great, that German expressionism. Oh, it's fantastic. Then you watch the movie, you're like, oh, what is this over? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but could you imagine being back in the day, and you're a person, and you grew up, when you, start, when you were starting... Thank you to, for
1: recognizing that. I am a person.
0: That's good. And you deserve to be treated as such, mostly. Thank you. So you're a young person, mostly. and you do not have movies. It's not a thing. And then, and, then, and then gradually, movies start to come, and you're like... So when is this? I don't know. When th- that time... Okay. When did when did uh, 1870s, when did Nosferatu come out? Because it's a silent film, right? So, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's clearly you could be like in your thirties and you did not grow up with movies, right? Like commonplace, you didn't see a bunch of movies. Well, weren't there movies like in the eighteen eighties and nineties? Was that like a common thing to see? Sure. Okay. Well, there wasn't. Okay. Well, you saw stuff, but it was like a you know a hobo dancing or some shit, or like (laughs) some uh, uh, some 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 cowboys aiming a gun at you, and you're like, oh, that's scary. So, but then you get to see the Nosferatu. It took a while for the language of film to develop. That's right. There you go. But you go and you sit down. You're like, I'm going to watch a movie. Oh, that's great. What are we seeing, Nosferatu? I wonder what that's about. Yeah. And you sit yourself down. I think it's a puzzle. Yeah, I think that's right. That's right. Uh, And then you sit yourself down, and you're with your date. And I don't know what you eat then, like a bag of raw corn. I don't know what they had, <laughs> something and some ditch water. It was a tough time. I understand Sheesh. that. You know, you're you're sitting they on. You probably a- drink a beer. Yeah, you sit on a chair made of broken glass. It yeah. was it was rough back then. Sure. And then and then Nosferatu. Very rough. Nosferatu.
1: Unnecessarily rough. Let me just say that. Way too rough. Yeah.
0: They would like coat the chairs with sandpaper. That's not needed. Yeah, you don't need that. I mean, you could file your nails. Harden your clothes. It's good. So Nosferatu comes up on screen. Sure does. You're not prepared for that. You no. You can't wrap your brain around that. No, it's the no. most horrifying thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Well, These this people are staggering. Is, what, 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 that's not even out. like a proper word. Yeah. Firstly, the word is scary yeah, enough. Just yeah. the word scares people. Yeah. And then a movie starts. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's And dream. then it's this vampire with mm-hmm. in shadows. Yeah. And it's horrifying yeah. and it's huge. And then you can't process that. You yeah. haven't uh, the skills. Then you're like leaving and you have to go out into the streets and it's night. Yeah. Oh, just will yourself to death. Oh, just so terrifying. You can't, you can't do anything. Like yeah. how could you, how could you stand it? No. Oh, amazing.
1: Well, well for one thing, you you feel pretty tough because you're still digesting your box of rocks. Mm-hmm. So that, that gives you kind of an advantage.
0: That's right. And you're walking a possum or something. I don't know what people had as pets back then. <laughs> a possum. They, mustn't, they mustn't have figured out dogs yet. Not, not at all. No. no. So you're walking like... Not, uh, they had domesticated possums. Yeah. Or so, like, yeah. you know, you've tied like three squirrels together and you're pretending it's a cat because you're poor. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. That's what they did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh... What's your point? I'm saying it's a bad idea to tie squirrels together and pretend they're a cat.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you clarified that. Glad you clarified that. Thank you.
0: Third Uh, show of the day, (laughs) everybody. Not a lot of oxygen in the air. It's just weird because I love silent films. I can watch a silent film any time. Retroactively, I wish I'd said two squirrels tied together. Oh, okay. Because that to me is even funnier now. Like the idea that you try to make a cat-sized thing, and you got this poor two squirrels tied together, and that you're just pretending it's a cat is so horrifying to me right now. The idea. <laughs> That's so awful. You're the one who did it. I did. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did it in my mind. <laughs> I deserve all the nightmares I get. <laughs> Please, back to you, Dave.
1: I was just going to say that I I really like silent film comedy. I can watch it quite readily, Mm -hmm. but I cannot enjoy uh, drama. I've tried. I tried to watch the classic movies, you know, Sunset or whatever it's called, Sunrise, The Crowd, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Mm -hmm. uh, Birth of a Nation, you know, movies like that, The Wind. I've tried. I honestly have. Uh, Greed, another one. I just cannot, I just, I don't know. I just, it, it just cannot penetrate. Like, it's... It's lost to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a language of those films, and it's gone Do you think now. it's
0: similar to kids nowadays? I say the kids nowadays. Yeah. Like, when you put on a black and white movie, they're like, ugh, can't take it. Because you just don't have that uh, capacity to go. I, you've taken all the color out of it. It makes no sense. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, they never watched it. They didn't grow up watching That's it. That's right. So, so you yeah. don't have the See, my language. girls aren't like that, because they grew up with me. Right. And so, you know, part of their...
0: You lived, like, at least two years of your life in black and white. I part, of their, did that. part
1: of their diet, part of their...
0: Being monochrome.
1: Their movie diet was watching old movies with their dad. So, they got used to watching black and right. white films. And it's nothing to them, you know. And so, you know, they can watch color. They can watch black and white. They don't care. But, yeah, a lot of kids, like, we had, like, friends with... My daughters came over and my daughter was like, we got to watch Monkey Business because you've never seen it. It's a great film. As you put it on, then they're like, black and white? Wah. One of them just went to sleep. You know, like just in a protest, <laughs> having to watch black and white. Oh, it's
0: okay. I have a nice protest sleep. Yeah. By
1: the good, way, if anyone's you.
0: protesting, yeah, it's a nice way to do it. Sure, it's good for you. Good you can, for everybody.
1: Two things: beauty sleep and protest sleep. Same time. Get it. Get it all. Get it. It's a full but, package. But
0: you're like that about that old, those old movies. You can't quite process them. Yeah, they I totally am that connect, way. You
1: know. And I and I wonder if it's something that you could teach yourself if you had the patience and time to you know to enjoy those movies. But the you know the comedy is. Almost, not all comedy, but comedy, especially physical comedy, is so universal. It transcends language. It transcends so many things. It transcends time. You know, to me, Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin or Harold Lloyd or whoever are as funny now to me as, you know, maybe not exactly as funny, but as funny as, as they were to people at that time period. But Lillian Gish hamming it up in the wind is not as doesn't transcend that time the way that Besser Keaton does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she's still stuck in that time. And her acting style is of that time. That, you know, very, emo- very emotive, very over just- very style. It's an exaggeration style.
0: of social niceties. And, and that changes over time what society judges as like proper and improper. And a, and a parody of what society thinks is proper is one thing. Falling on your bum, everyone does it. Yeah, yeah. So you know what it feels like when you fall down. Yeah. Or you're chasing after something or you're on a ledge or you're, even if you haven't hung off a clock, uh, you know what that'd be like. You're scared of heights. Yes. You look down. You that it's scary. That's yeah. still you understand peril. Heights still kill yeah, people. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, we we have uh, stuff to connect
1: with. You understand peril, but watching Valentino seduce a woman in the movie is it's boring. Yeah, you're like, uh,
0: why is a chic sexy to me? And,
1: and why is he? Why is he behaving in that weird way? Why is he throwing his arms around and ma- rolling his eyes at? Because all these you
0: couldn't uh, get on with the real thing. Like you can just like go to your uh, computer screen and you can watch some pornography and watch some people. What? Wait a second. Full on. Can you write this down after the show? I certainly can let me write it's www any fucking thing online (laughs) um and you can see that right but when you've got the restrictions of you know i can't kiss a girl on the mouth they could okay but whatever there was no code then okay it was actually probably freer in terms of what they could show than for us well he couldn't take his dick out you know you
1: can't go to a movie nowadays and a guy take his dick
0: out well i think you haven't seen a little movie uh called that movie that i saw where the guy had his dick out Remember that movie? Jason Segel. Uh, oh, hey, I got my it, dick it, out. Is it a Jed Apatow movie? I haven't seen it. It's one where he's with uh, Veronica Mars. So and, Sarah, uh, Silver,
1: Sarah, Sarah Marshall? Yeah, Saving he's Sarah breaking Marshall? up with
0: Veronica Mars and he's got his penis out. Marshaling Sarah Silverman. It's like, look at my penis. And now I get to do a Muppet movie because of it. Huh. That was what it was called.
1: Eve saw him in Carmel when she was driving down to
0: California this, this uh, past week. Jason Segel. I know a secret about him.
1: Mary asked a question. Yeah. Which was, uh, did you ask him where his career went? Oh. <gasps>
0: Yeah, and then he took out his uh, Muppet royalty check and just went, I'm sorry, what? And then she went, because that movie did quite well. I'm sure he's, he's all right. I'm sure he's fine. He's part of the Apatow family. He's going to work forever. He's not doing what he loves, but he's fine. Yeah, he doesn't have to show his penis anymore. Well, it wasn't much of one anyway. What? It was fine. What are you talking about? Mm. Oh, geez. Now we're getting to this. Let's not do that. Let's not it's, play that. I've seen better. I saw the Muppet movie third show of the day <laughs> is the show that should just go away hey everybody you're gonna pay the third show of the day
1: kermit the frog's penis all right so Fe- i'm gonna take felt. out the reader's Digest, oh, yes. Let's do treasury
0: something. of wit and humor because we need a good classic <laughs> joke to get out of all right. this mess
1: all right everyone you can oh, tell this okay. show is a repeat of last week
0: okay uh-huh. so, so this is stork quotations oh nice Stork Quotations. Thank you. Okay, this is uh, a cartoon. Um, is this is this based on the Dow Jones Alan average? Dunn. Oh, okay, sorry. A wife knitting a tiny garment says to her husband, uh. Oh, I meant to tell you, <laughs> it wasn't psychosomatic after all.
1: That's so funny. I read that the first show we did of this. Did with, you? With decent. That's yeah. great. All right, very good then.
0: Glad you remembered. All right, this is called complementary Angles. Okay. While the doctor bandaged his hand, A tall, lanky farmer talked about how wonderful his bride was. Mm. The doctor asked him why he hadn't brought his new wife along to be introduced. Why, Doc, he said earnestly, you'd have been dissatisfied for life. Oh. Just like my wife with my poor sexual performance. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't no Kermit the Frog, is what I'm saying. Let me tell you this one, Dave. Okay. This is one uh, called, it's from a chapter called They Asked For It. Mm Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. It's about th- a couple of sentences long. The owner of a $10,000 limousine uh, pulling up at a light beside a small car driven by a friend yep. <laughs> couldn't resist the chance to heckle. Okay. Gosh sakes, man, he said. What is that dreadful rattling sound in your car? <laughs> okay. Oh, that, said the car- small car driver. Yes. That's just $9,000 jingling around in my pocket. So go <laughs> fuck yourself. <laughs> Saturday Evening Post. My turn.
1: Saturday Evening Post? (laughs) Well, ooh-la-la.
0: Founded by Benjamin Franklin, who liked to have sex with older ladies.
1: Is that that right? Mm Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Yeah. Sometimes Uh, they
0: tell him to go fly a kite once he did. So uh, this is called Pert and Pertinent. I love it. These are all like Jeopardy categories. (laughs) Shortly after Admiral
1: Byrd's notable polar expedition returned from the land of ice, someone (laughs) asked one of the men but one thing he missed most while away. Temptation was the brief answer. Hmm. (laughs) He doth protest too much, I fear.
0: Uh, I also used to dig a hole in the snow and fucked it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pert And pertinent. Dorothy Parker, Mm. when asked for the two most beautiful words in the English language, said, check and closed. There you go. Um... Huh. On the maiden voyage of the colossal and luxurious Queen Elizabeth, one passenger summoned a steward and said, Would you please direct me to the Atlantic Ocean?
0: (laughs) There we go, everyone. (laughs) And then they got pushed into the sea, (laughs) where they drowned (laughs) before being eaten by sharks. He
1: lifted her above his head, carried her to the edge of the the boat, and threw her into the ocean. There it is, madam. Justifiable
0: homicide, said the judge. Fuck you. That was from Colliers. All right, I'm going to give you two. And then oh. By the way, I don't read these in advance. I'm reading these at the same time you are. <laughs> really? This unlike, is unlike me, you're saying? A dash of bitters. Man to a psychiatrist. Okay. I have neither illusions nor delusions. Okay. Doctor, my problem is that I exist day after day in a world of grim reality. <laughs> that is from Medical Economics Magazine. Woo! Wit. And merriment. How I missed it's... the taste of a gun in my mouth, he said. <laughs> the, the sweet release of the death. Bitter,
1: the bitter, acrid taste of a gun
0: barrel in my mouth. Pain is my co-pilot, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's another, here's another. Here's another funny one. Depression is my navigator. Okay. Wife reading newspaper to mm-hmm. husband. Yep. This just seems to be one of those centuries where everything goes wrong. I can relate. Yeah, that's as true today as it was then. Was back then. <laughs> okay, here's a challenge, Dave. Sure. Give me a category and I will make up a joke for it.
1: Oh, wow. All right, category. And, and
0: ideally, the category is something that's uh, vague, like... Like vague? Yeah, vague vague, or alliterative somehow.
1: Okay, how about uh, kitchen appliances? Is that too weird, kitchen appliances? Uh,
0: kitchen cut-ups, I would say. That kitchen, would be cut-ups.
1: Okay, kitchen, kitchen cut-ups, okay. Kitchen cut-ups.
0: Kitchen cut-ups.
1: A... <laughs> Oh, he's already got he's already got a great joke everyone.
0: No, I don't I don't have oh, anything. Okay, here we okay, go. Okay. okay. All right. A <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a man walking into yes. a kitchen one day oh, okay. spotted his wife with both the Pillsbury Doughboy and the helping hamburger helping hand. Yes. She said, Get out of here. I'm having sex. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> okay, I'll give you one. Okay. <laughs> what, I have to make a uh, okay. point? Uh, all right. all right. uh, uh, okay, alright uh, Driving dimwits <laughs> Driving dimwits Alright um. <laughs> I can do one
1: A <laughs> oh, uh, gentleman driving
0: down the road one day yeah? stopped by a gas station and mm. asked the gentleman there what's the fastest way to get to New York City The gentleman replied first, go to hell <laughs> 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 Okay. All right. That is a that is a good... What was that one called again?
1: Driving, driving Dimwits. Driving Dimwits. All right. Let me, here's one for you. Um, okay. <laughs> this is not going to be Please like yours. say it with a straight face. This, this is going to be corny. This is a corny one. You ready? I like it. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. The middle-aged man was driving in his car when he had a breakdown. Why was he okay? Why? He had a spare tire.
0: A gentleman <laughs> was at the side of the road <laughs> uh, uh, when a car pulled up next to help him. Yeah. The person exited the car and noticed that the man was having sex with his car okay. from behind. Yes. Uh, the person said, oh, my gosh, is that is that difficult? And the person having sex with his car from behind went, no, but afterwards I'm always exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. How many people listen to this show with their parents? <laughs> I know a couple do.
1: There's, okay, I have to tell you, I'm going to wreck it, but this was one of Chico Marx's favorite jokes. All right. There was a man. He was in the woods and he got lost. Mm. He was lost for days, lost for weeks. And he finally came upon this cabin in the woods. But he'd been alone for so long that he couldn't resist himself. There was a hole in the... <laughs> there's, there's a hole in the side of the cabin.
0: Mm.
1: And he couldn't resist himself. He uh-huh. unzipped his pants and started fucking the hole.
0: I see. All right.
1: Suddenly there's a person behind him. They said, excuse me, would you mind doing that from the other side? We're eating dinner. <laughs> Pretty good. Yep.
0: The only thing that would have made that better. Okay.
1: <laughs> is it his accent? Yes. <laughs> That's a no good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the other side. Yeah. Okay. okay I'm going to tell you now this is what I'm gonna, Okay. This was a joke. Okay. we're It's, really it's reached, sort of similar. We've reached the end of... It, it's sort okay. of similar. Here we go. Okay. This is a joke that uh, Harpo Marx told. Okay. <laughs> about a drunken sailor. Yep. Um, and an anchor. Okay. And um, it was Christmas morning. Okay.
1: okay. Wow, this is really
0: all right. Just sure. know, Here was here it, which is pretty good.
1: No, it's very witty. I mean,
0: to be fair, it's a it's a visual joke. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Probably not the best thing to do on a podcast. I don't podcast. know why you did that wrong. And, I and I had of course, t- if you tried in real life, yeah, it would be yeah. incredibly painful. No, no. Uh, but no, I no. think it does really sum up what the true meaning of Christmas is. <laughs> To well, a pervert, to, <laughs> to,
1: to, to a loathsome man. Yeah. yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, and now you find out why yeah. he always wears the long coat. Sure,
1: sure. Now I know what he. Now I know what he was hiding. It's a little depressing. I don't know if we can finish doing full marks now. Actually,
0: after that. But oh,
1: oh well. That was pretty good. Thank you Thanks. for that. There we are. Yeah.
0: Third show of the day is the show <laughs> you wish wouldn't say another word, but we're gonna keep going 'cause we promised you an hour. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's so great about this?
0: Is okay when we
1: do a normal show.
0: What's a normal show to us?
1: <laughs> well, I just mean when we do like a regular time, whatever it is—sure, two, one and a half to two hours, yeah. whatever. But we'll be talking for about twenty minutes, yeah, and then we'll die. We'll both die, and we'll kind of stare at each other, yeah, in panic. But somehow one of us will think of something to talk about, mm-hmm. and that'll carry us on. And then we seem to get like this weird second wind, sure, and that takes us right into like three hours. We we pass that second wind. Two shows ago. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't know what we're gonna. I don't know if this is well, a third wind is a such here's, a thing.
0: Here's no, truly though. This is and and uh, this isn't a true story like those other true stories we've been telling <laughs> through the whole episode. Uh, yeah. If you ever have an awkward pause in a conversation, they yeah. say to look at your your watch. Yeah. It will almost always be twenty after or twenty two. Huh. Those are the two times that awkward pauses occur. Yeah. And uh, and there you
1: are. It's it's weird then that people are that predictable in the sense that there's also a rule and I can't remember what it's called but it's like a 3 month rule like a new employee at a at a, at a at a at a new job will work well will work beyond you know kind of work to you know full capacity whatever for yeah. 3 months and then they'll inevitably come down to reality right. and they'll start to be more at a you know their own normal working whatever it is bad who knows but uh and lisa always lisa always says like at school teachers always blame halloween for the kids getting bad. Mm. And they're like, well, if it wasn't for Halloween, you know, which totally disrupts the kids' school schedule with this stupid, this stupid night and all the carry-on before it and fireworks and all the rest of the stuff that boys like to do and and, and all that stuff and parties and whatnot. You know, school would be fine. But once they have that, that night of fun, they just can't get back into school again. And this is like, no, it's three months. It's three months. Three months are up. So everyone is going to now drop. Their, their effort sure. level because they're, they're comfortable and they don't need to try as hard because they, they figured out what they, what minimum effort <laughs> gets them, gets them, you know, and so, you know, not everyone's like that. Some people can, can maintain an elevated work or, you know, keep a high standard, but most people, it'll drop down a bit and that's just natural. But it's just interesting that there's like a time sure. of 20 minutes or three months, you know, and not six months or five months. So some people do four and some people do one. Some people do most, almost always the three, three, Is this weird?
0: What's your uh, most uh, productive time of the year? Mine is like late September, usually. I'll get stuff done. Like That's just the perfect time for me. The weather is great. Uh I'm able to get out and do things. I'm able to write things. I'm able to make things. Uh, It's before... Once you get into November... You're starting to slide into Christmas. Yeah. And you're going to get everything shutting down. Everything just seems to be shutting down a bit. You can't really do stuff in the summer because people are away and hollow uh, and, and whatever in the spring. I don't know, maybe a little bit, but it's more wet and, uh, and you don't know. But yeah, that just like near the end of September, mm. I can get a whole bunch of stuff done. Uh, unless something is happening in my life that uh, I've got to deal with yeah. separately. But that's that's my time of year.
1: Maybe it's different for me because I'm not... Things I do, I don't have to deal with other people mm-hmm. to do them necessarily, right? So,
0: Is there a time of year that you find the most energetic? Mm, or just pretty consistent throughout the year? I'm pretty
1: consistent throughout the year. Summer is the least comfortable time for me. I do not like summer. Mm-hmm. I don't like being hot, so I don't... Because, you know... You can dress for the cold, but you can't undress for the heat, mm-hmm. as I like to say. Well, I strip naked. Right. And he will go, I get what you mean, Dave, put your clothes back on. But I just saw so it. That's a, a less productive time for me. Like I'm often like, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get that done. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then I don't because it's so awful. I don't want to be outside doing stuff like, you know, those things that if I have to do something, like when I had to redo the deck of the trailer, like we we're talking about last, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, that was, grueling because it was it was during that heat spell yeah or hot spell as it should be called not heat spell uh during that hot spell and so i was just like dying in this trailer i was just pouring sweat on everything i was doing and you know i did it but it was grueling it wasn't any not that it's ever fun to do stuff like that but you know i do enjoy physical activity and i enjoy fixing things and doing stuff but i just i enjoy it like in comfort i don't i don't want to do it when it's you know boiling hot out and every you know you're just constantly pouring with sweat and and yeah i'm I'm, i don't enjoy heat so i've gotten better with it like i'm less crabby than i used to be Mm -hmm. in the heat like i used to get very very crabby and short-tempered so i'm a little better at that now i've i've kind of learned to i'm old so i don't get mad anymore (laughs) it's no i have this run of energy i guess so but no i'm a pretty energetic person so if if i'm want to do something i will pretty much do it my biggest problem as a productive person or a non-productive person is i have a terrible workflow and i have a terrible way of organizing work i'm not a Mm. i'm not smart in that way lisa is the opposite of me like lisa is i shouldn't say she's the opposite of me but she is different than me in that she's a person who she's super organized and very very direct and so when she needs to do something it just gets done right away and that's not me. I have to like think about it and plan it and consider it and ruminate on it <laughs> and meditate and then do some cogitating and then finally I might might get around to doing it or it'll be too late and I'll have to get get onto it later on because I would just miss that window of opportunity, and that's just how I am because I'm a I think because I'm sort of a uh, you know perfectionist which I inherited from my parents who are so critical that I have this need to like do everything just so. Uh, which is really destructive to your getting things done because you're, then you're kind of stuck in this, in this horrible loop. And I wish that I was good at, and I know I should do it, but I just, you know, I just never do, which is like, you know, if I could write down objectives. Okay. You know, like write down in a list what mm-hmm. I want to do. So then I have a written out idea of what needs to get done. And that sure. gives me a sense of when these things can get done, which I don't. I'm always like, oh, I'll remember to do it, which I don't. And then I also wish I was good at like, planning on a calendar things and stuff like that i i do sometimes like you know when we did the sneaky dragon um when i was going to england and we needed to book three weeks of shows sure i was very organized with that i had everything planned out i had guests planned out i had each show what what show we were recording each time we were recording because we were recording the current show and then we were recording a jump ahead show and i had it all written out and that kind of stuff if i did that more often i would be way more organized and probably more productive but i always i always don't I just want to throw myself into a project and not plan it. And that's probably the wrong way to, to approach it, especially if you don't want to do a big project, because it just becomes so overwhelming to you that it's hard to see what, where you it are. Depends, yeah, it
0: depends on what kind of big project you want to do and then see if that had worked without the list. And if it didn't, then yeah, the list is yeah. the way to go. Like, are you getting the stuff done that you want to get done? Like, not, is there's, no, I'm honest with you, no. Okay, is no. there a big project that you want to do? You don't have to say what it is, but is yeah. there a big one that you want to get yeah, done? Yeah, there's a couple of things okay. I'd love to
1: do. and and. You know, and part of it is time. just time because I'm busy. I work a lot. I work a lot and stuff like that. So that's part of it. But also just time management. You know, like when you do, when you go to do something, do it. Don't go on to you know music sites to read reviews of records. Like just get your work done.
0: Is there anything like uh, that you can do for these projects while you're say at home? Say you're watching TV. Do you have to like really full on watch TV? Yeah, I don't like watching TV. You can't split it up. Yeah, I don't like doing
1: that. I feel like it's a waste of time. I might as well not watch TV. This, this is no point like at
0: you. night uh, what I've been doing lately is because I write tweets for mad yeah uh, you know we'll we'll watch something and I'll I'll be going back and forth with like you know uh, different news sites and trying to find things and, yeah you know see what this is the anniversary ever or whatever and he is usually working on some sort of editorial cartoon thing or what have you And so we're kind of it's we're watching a show that we can split focus on yeah yeah you know and it's just something like you know this, this would be an example We'll watch an old Remington Steel. We'll watch something like that, right? Oh, sure. Right? That, yeah. And it's like, yeah. that's fine. you know. Yeah. Or there'll be like a show that we really – like I, I'd watch A Better Call Saul, and that one I just straight out watch because I want to pick up the details and yeah. what have you of.
1: And that's the thing. Like I, I don't watch Remington Steel, and I I don't watch those kind of shows – I just watch shows that I think will be good.
0: Yeah, it's like a procedural view. I'll watch yeah. an elementary that because, mm. like I can look up and I'm kinda like I'm not losing anything. Yeah, yeah. The rhythm of the show is like, that's nah, it's <laughs> yeah, fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a show you really don't need to see. But I don't watch it. So that's mm-hmm. how that's how I don't see it. Uh yeah, it's just you know, most yeah, most of what I do I need to do and that's the other thing. Like we were talking about this a little while ago, but if I'm writing, I can't I can't think about what I'm writing away from the paper in front of me. Sure. I have to be in the moment of writing to, to be able to problem solve and, and figure right. out what I want. If I think to myself, Oh, I'll think about it and I'll work it out. It's not going to happen. Just, mm-hmm. My mind won't stay on the subject long enough for me to, to work it out. Usually there's been times when I've like planned like a whole comic book out in my mind, just on the cr- cross trainer or whatever. Because I was that focused, but it's very rare for me to be that focused. Usually, I'm like, <laughs> Uh And that's just my mind. I just don't have a mind that um, I'm very absent-minded, and I, I just don't have a f- that kind of laser focus. Okay. I mean, you know?
0: uh, but the thing is, you don't always have, okay. Like, I've changed the way I've worked considerably since I have been younger as well. I mean, that sure. stuff can change, and you'll find ways yeah, yeah. to change. It also depends if you're working with anybody else, too. You know, there's lots of different ways of for going about sure. it. It sounds like yeah. most of the stuff you're doing is very solo-minded.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess for you, like, say, with Sparks, you have Nina waiting on the other end of this mm-hmm. for pages to start to draw. And so I don't know if that gives you incentive to get get it done. So, Or we also, that yeah, pressure. her and
0: I jammed on uh, some ideas for the next yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. You know, and she added the things she wanted to draw and ideas, and mm-hmm. that's, you know, kind of inspiring. Sure. But then, yeah, it it does then... Become a a big chunk of time. It's been it's been annoying with the heat, you know, because it is so much time just sitting and and it's puzzle it's puzzle solving. Oh, it's totally. just puzzle solving. It's just how do I get that is, sort of, the, get from that is this sort of the this most this? fun part of what. Yeah, and, and you're then writing. you you write something at the at the end. You know, like something uh, where someone will pick up a wrench, and now it's like, okay, now I've got to go back in the story and find out where did that wrench come from. Yeah, and I gotta just have a character at some point just casually uh. grab a wrench to use on something, and then put it on a table without thinking about it yeah, yeah so that like later on when someone picks it up it'll seem like organic and we're all in a world where this is what this is and it's not just this you know forced forced thing uh it's a it's yeah so it's like constant that it's like I can't Sorry, to, I'm I'm turning it around and making it about me because that's you know selfish friend. Um, <laughs> I have a real hard time playing chess because I think of all of the moves too much and it gives me a screaming headache. Uh, and it's a lot like that with writing sometimes. The longer the project, you know, and this is a long project, yeah, uh, b- b- because it's. Uh, you know, I've got this entire world, and all of the parts of it are demanding attention, and you and you tend to one, and now that alters the thing that you've done in the past, and you've got to go back and you got to deal with that. But there's all these other elements that you've got to deal with at the same time, or you're going to forget about them. Yeah. It's so it's so tricky. It's so it's 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 so hard. And then you've got to like make it seem organic, and then make sure that it's funny, uh, <laughs> even though. It's stopping funny to you a long time ago because you've seen it now so much. Yeah. You know, but that it's the same is, thing, I strictly. think, like if anyone's doing a horror movie or anything where you've got to elicit an emotional reaction, you know, the thing that you initially thought was scary, when you're writing it over and over and over again, then it's like, well, this is just normal. It's not scary to me anymore. Yeah. But it's like, oh, no, wait, I've got to remember that was scary. And here we go. Yeah. But I would, I would. Uh, yeah, I think.
1: Well, comedy is the same. I mean, yeah, you're right. But in the I sense, I think that, comedy
0: and horror are very similar.
1: Yeah, in the sense that both of them require have a follow a pattern, and they have to have like the timing has to be correct. So in a horror movie, you have to have the correct timing to your scares. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll spoil them, or you it'll be too long. Or right. You've got to, You've got much.
0: to in both cases have. You can have like a, a funny scene that's not laugh funny but is in like oh this is a funny situation i'm enjoying watching these people in a situation same thing in a scary movie it's not a oh my god it's a oh i'm getting creeped out yeah. you know it's like you can have that with comedy as well and then you've got to in both those cases start off with a realistic scenario that people can relate to yeah. before you take it and deviate into this world and then you've still got to surprise people someone with enough that they can't predict what's what's about to come. You got to like deliver something that's true and yet is also uh surprising to them and hit them at a gut level. And boy, that is tough uh after you've written that and rewritten that and rewritten that and rewritten that to to know if that gut level reaction is uh, still going to be valid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you'll be happy to know that uh after we talked about the the radio show that I'd written a number of years ago, I went home and I dug out the scripts. And I was reading them, and it's kind of nice because so much time had passed that I hadn't written them because it's so long ago. I don't. Yeah, it's another. So person. I was just reading this other person's writing, and I was like really impressed by this person's ah. writing. I was like, "Oh, this is really good." I was having some good laughs at it, and they're quite clever in places. And uh, I remember writing them. I remember prob- I remember one problem that was quite it was quite interesting because there's a scene where the characters are in a in a trap, and there's a box in this trap, and I just randomly put stuff in it, thinking, "Oh, well, I'll figure out." how to put this together mm-hmm. in a way that will help them. And then as I was writing, I, I was trying to think of how to get this to work. And I was like, this is stupid. I can't even think of how to, like I had an idea, but I was like, this is, that's a dumb way to do it. So I came up with a completely different and much clever, uh solution to the problem. And I was reading it and I was like so proud of myself for that, for that moment of of uh, problem solving. But I remember writing it and I remember like, yeah, I remember I was actually at work, at working in a parking lot at that time. I just brought their laptop with me, and I was writing at, at, during when I was slow at night. And I just remember coming up with that solution and being so happy with myself. Just, yes,
0: Oh, that's great. I'm brilliant. There is something to it where the person who wrote that stuff is different than you, even if you wrote something the day before. Yeah, you know, you're you're a different situation. And this is this is again, this isn't necessarily for you, but this is for people who are out there. A good trick that you can sometimes use is to pretend that the person that wrote that isn't necessarily you. Mm. That's your co-writer. Yeah, but treat your co-writer Uh, don't have that relationship with a co-writer where you're like, this guy's an idiot, you know, but like (laughs) picture someone that you care about. Like you love, like say you were writing with your daughter, right? You wouldn't say an idea that she has is like, well, that's stupid. That's a stupid idea. You know, even if it's an idea that doesn't actually work, you yeah. just go, okay, I see where you're going. Let's just try and figure this out. Yeah. But you, what you got to do is you've got to treat your own ideas with the same kindness that you would someone you love. And if you do that, uh, then you approach it from a little bit of a different angle and you're not constantly telling yourself, that's stupid. You're dumb. No one would read this, you dummy. you just got to treat yourself and your past yeah. work uh, again like uh, just... Picture anyone that you love, you know, could be, could be your wife, could be a good friend, and just go, I'd never tell them to shut up. I never call them stupid. I treat them with respect. Now you gotta, you gotta do the same thing with the person that wrote this, even though that's you. And it's a real tough thing to do. Oh, for sure. Because your natural reaction is to beat yourself up. But if you wouldn't beat up your friend, (laughs) Make, make, make your, it's, it's a, it's a trick that I, I call making yourself your co-writer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's a tricky thing to do because your instinct is always to go, well, this is stupid. But if you wouldn't do that with your other co-writer, don't do it with yourself.
1: That's a good, that's a good life tip as well to treat yourself, to treat yourself like, or to regard yourself the way you regard another loved loved one. Yeah. Like don't, don't treat yourself differently than you would treat someone who who you love. Yeah. You should also treat yourself with the same respect. That is a good piece of advice for sure. It's interesting. I was um, listening to you know Malcolm Gladwell. I do. He's a Canadian. He's a Canadian. Uh, Didn't
0: return a letter I wrote
1: him once. No, I know I don't. Oh my gosh. Uh, (laughs) um, But he
0: was uh, doing. Hates golf. Is that right? Oh my gosh, he hates golf. Did he say it's a good walk spoiled? Yes. Oh yeah, he did do that on his uh, on his uh, Mark Twain. No, I believe he. he, I believe he quoted. Credit him. Yeah, I did. What a jerk. He was talking about golf courses on his revisionist history podcast.
1: Uh I was listening to one It was called uh 12 Rules for Life or something like that. Okay. Apparently, I didn't know this, but that Jordan Peterson guy who's so so uh controversial right now. Uh the way he became well known is he wrote a book, 12 Rules for blah blah blah, which has become like the thing to do now. He's not the only one who's written a book no. with 12 rules, did. People it. like it all broken. Down. Everyone's everyone's doing it. And uh
0: <laughs> yep. First of all, you know who did it, like originally, but it was a little bit less because it was back then. Yeah, Moses.
1: Ten rules for. Yeah,
0: yeah, ten rules for life.
1: Yeah, that was not Moses who wrote that. But anyway, well, um,
0: technically, yeah, yeah, you're right. He he wrote it <laughs> down later because <laughs> oh, okay. because the original the tablets were so it, heavy. Well, no, they broke. Right, they oh. all broke. Right, he threw them first of all at the at the golden uh, calf. The golden, right, the golden triangle. Puss them, uh, toss them. I yeah. don't know. Go ahead.
1: Uh, so yeah, he was, so he's, he said, I'm going to make up my own, my own, uh, 12 rules for a living. Okay. And he said, and I have one rule. Always pull the goalie.
0: Yeah. That was good. That
1: was a really good episode. That was yeah. interesting. And for people who haven't heard it, and you can listen to the show if you, if you really want to hear it. It's Malcolm Gladwell's podcast, Revisionist History. Uh, he's talking about in hockey, there is a, there is a tactic that player that teams will use near the end of the game if they're down a, a goal. They will pull their goalie. And what that allows them to do is put another offensive player on the ice. Usually a guy who's fingering the people in the audience. No, no, I'm kidding. These, another player. Okay. Another, Dave, Dave flipped
0: scorer. the bird. He was not fingering people in the audience in the way <laughs> that you might be thinking. Wait, about.
1: well, I hope people aren't thinking that way. Come on, guys. Get your minds out of the gutter.
0: I was <laughs> from the reader's digest, icy stairs. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he,
1: so the, so now you have, instead of having, uh, five players on the ice with a goalie, you now have six, six players on the ice with no one in the net. Yeah, undefended And the risk, the, risk the, the bonus is that you have an extra player to, help, to give you more control over the puck, and hopefully you can use that to your advantage to score. The disadvantage is there's no one protecting the net, and yeah. if the other team can get control of the puck and shoot it on the ice, they will score, putting the game out of your reach. That is a possibility. But Malcolm Gladwell have these has two friends who are kind of oddballs kind of guys who stand out from the crowd two people who are disagreeable have a or have a high score on the disagreeable scale which isn't necessarily a bad thing according to Gladwell because what people like that do is they think outside of normal you know traditional thinking or outside of custom and will kind of approach things from a different way and so whereas we want to do something in a customary way they go I don't want to do that that's dumb and they'll try and find their own way to do it that's smarter. And it can have good effects because calculus was invented as a way to make it easier to do, easier to figure out uh, complicated math problems instead of using geometry. So calculus replaces geometry in when you're doing math and so it made made it simpler. Even though I find it incredibly complicated and don't understand it, it's simpler than using geometry, apparently. But I'm a visual learner so I find geometry easier than numbers. But anyway, the, uh, so... These guys figured out that the ma- the optimal t- mo- time to pull a goalie if you're losing a game is five minutes before the game ends, which is a huge amount of time in a game to have no one defending the oh. net. But this will give you the best chance yep. of scoring and poss- tying the game and possibly winning the game. It also gives you the chance of having a hugely huge lopsided loss where your team takes a bunch of goals in the net because there's no goalie there.
0: And then everyone hates you,
1: and everyone hates you, and that's that's a thing. That's a problem. If you're liked, if you're agreeable, if you're the coach and you're agreeable, that is, you want the fans to like you, and you want your the president of the hockey team and the owner of the hockey team to pay your salary. You are not going to have a a history of lopsided losses with your team, so you're you're not going to go with this optimal time, even though that is the optimal time. If you're a disagreeable person, and there was a coach who was doing that in hockey, he was pulling the goalie like five minutes before the game ended and stuff like that. And I can't remember who it was now. How did they do? Okay, it worked out sometimes. Sometimes it didn't. I mean, it's the same always with playing the goalie, though. Yeah. It, it has its ups and downs. It's, I'm sure that if that's the optimal, is still a, a risk. There's still like a not huge percentage that you're going to win the game. It's just you are giving yourself an opportunity that you didn't have with, with all those people. And it's interesting because then there's the story of this, of this, of the, uh, this new popular he talks about it as a new popular uh, movie uh, trend with uh, films about, um, like, home invasions. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about a film with uh, yeah. Idris Elba and uh, Hani P... No, Tjani. Whatever. Uh, sorry, I can't remember her name. She was an actress on... Um, Person of interest, and she's okay. been in other things as well. She's in a movie about music moguls and stuff like that. Right, and
0: this is one where she was defending her family. She's defending her family from an outsider. That's who's right. Trying to Idris Elba
1: right is a guy who invades her home. He comes yeah. in on false pretenses, and this it does seem out...
0: like a very common uh, movie thing now.
1: And he's a psychopath. Yep. And there's a scene in the movie where she's downstairs and he's upstairs with her kid, and she runs upstairs to defend her child. But the smart thing to do would be for her to leave, because he's not there looking at her. He has no idea what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And so she could just leave and go and get help. Now, most people would find that idea very disagreeable. The idea that you don't go and save your child, that you leave and save yourself. Uh, but the person who is, the guy who posits this says, well, the thing is, is that if he's a psychopath, you're going to get killed anyway. It doesn't matter what happens. You're dead. Your child is dead and you're dead. So if you can escape, you have a better chance of... Getting help than going up upstairs. Right. If he's not a psychopath, if he's just doing it for control, then you've taken away his control because you're gone, and there's no point for him to do anything to the kid because right. it has no, it serves no purpose then other than dumb revenge. And what's that? What's that worth? So it's an interesting argument, actually. I thought it was really kind of an interesting. Right. Show.
0: The the human factor in there is like you know you're going like yeah he's a psychopath but you've got uh, also a mental disorder which is uh, that you will protect another yes. uh, being yeah. uh, over yourself exactly. so you the second that your child is in danger you've taken yourself out of the equation mm-hmm. because you're not thinking how can i if it was just you and them yeah your thoughts would be i got to protect myself my yeah. safety is paramount however yeah. i can do it. of course once the child is there Then it's like, it doesn't matter if I, I've got to like do whatever I can. Those
1: odds, those, all those things, all those, all those, uh, theoretical ideas just fly out the window. Well, it
0: depends what your goal is. If your goal is the best outcome, would be you alive with your child that would be too uh, uh, being killed that would be too painful for you to live you would not want to live like that so that is not a positive goal so uh, I get what he's saying with this the positive thing is like oh you'd be alive at least yeah Yeah, but you wouldn't want to (laughs) be so that's not a positive thing Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah the idea of like you know, you've you've got yeah. to go and rescue rescue the kid. Also, uh, what would the audience think about you in, in <laughs> that
1: situation? It would be interesting, actually, to have yeah. a character do that. Would be interesting to have a movie where the character acts disagreeably. I don't mean like bad-temperedly. I right. just mean acts in a way that is outside of social norms, uh, and not obnoxiously. I don't want a Jim Carrey movie or something. I just mean just does things for reasons that are uh, for optimal. Yeah opportunity my
0: favorite uh, one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever was in cop land with sylvester stallone okay and uh he's got to go up against he's got these kind words that never been spoken before it, it, it's uh it's not a bad movie it's the one oh no, I've, yeah, I've seen it yeah it's again. like he's in a high noon type situation yes, right exactly and so he says to the other police officers uh if you leave now i'm not going to hold it against you yeah and janine graffle goes then i'm gonna leave yeah and she goes yeah, yeah. and it's like and there goes Officer, sensible. <laughs> yes, this yes. makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. She should go. That's right. That's the right thing to do. Yeah, good for her. She's gone. And I liked her character. And I like, i be thinking, like, oh, what a coward. No, no, I've got. That's fine. He was right. Yeah, she. There's no reason that she should stay for this. Yeah, this has become a personal thing. Yeah, and it, sh- and it shouldn't. And know. Uh, you know, a bunch of them are going to get killed because that's the way these movies go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. Uh, we're going to go fight the aliens. Anyone who wants to stay behind, that's okay. I'm staying behind. All right, that's <laughs> that's good. <laughs> absolutely yeah you you
1: gave us an option if you didn't give me an option i would have gone with you but you gave me an option and yeah I was, yeah no it's, this is uh, the right thing to do all okay. right let's stay behind yeah i mean there must be must be characters like that in movies where the the character maybe sherlock he's not agreeable but then those movies those shows are so dumb that
0: are you talking about that which which version of sherlock? the new the new ones are you talking the benedict cumberbatch yeah He's as ethical as he can be in his own circumstances and his own you yeah. Know, way. Yeah,
1: but I just mean that he acts in ways that aren't aren't necessarily agreeable. He
0: yeah. He acts. Well, in I'd ways say that's next to every procedural that comes out, which is unfortunately it's disagreeable guy uh, by the books woman, uh, and she's <laughs> constantly going. We've gotta we gotta like do it the right way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll do it the right way. Smash you broke in We can't break in there. That's not the right way to do it. Yeah. No, I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna tell your boss he's an idiot. Oh no and we'll fall in love come season three. And it's like oh, fine, you know. Something to look forward to. Well this is this is something like if I I always think is like and the Brits the Brits can do this and I don't think North Americans have done this. Uh is uh speak
1: British accents,
0: you are correct. You're right. But I think, like, if you want to do a procedural, the thing to do is make a disagreeable woman and then have uh, either a, uh, another woman there or a, a guy who's the by-the-books person. And it, it's you really don't have that house type thing, yeah, you know. Yeah. The, you know, snarky, da-da-da-da. But by God, they get results. Ah. But I think you do have that in England because they don't care. They're fine. They'll make an unpleasant character a lead like that. They will cracker this thing up like that.
1: Cracker was unpleasant.
0: Yeah. Even the woman in Prime Suspect, uh, Helen. Helen. She's driven. I don't think she's unshaven. She's she's driven, but she's not a people pleaser by any means. No, no, no.
1: You're right. Yeah, but mostly because she's under pressure because she's a woman in a in a job in a job where I mean that show is came out of a time when you know I'm sure. That a lot of female police watch yes. that show and and that is more of that example. empathize with with that time. But I will bet you almost anything yeah.
0: that there's unpleasant uh, women UK characters that are in procedural. Oh yes,
1: I have watched them because Lisa yeah. watches all those shows. And
0: that show's called Sourball, and she. That's sure. so... a <laughs> <laughs> good name. Yeah, yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. Both of the characters are so self destructive, self destructively willful that they are lone women living their lone lives because they've just driven
0: everyone away from them. You know what? They always say this in the British shows. And then they always meet at the pub with, like, three different mates and, like... What the hell? What do you mean? You got no well, friends? That's, or not but, nothing? Yeah, but, that's but it's different. like such a social thing there. Yeah,
1: and then then they leave by themselves and they go home by themselves, which you know yeah. it's okay for a
0: while. But, but then while, they it's... have a nice shag with somebody. But does it mean anything? And I work with him. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And he's so much younger than me. Oh wait, he's stalking me. Oh, that's the way it is. Well, I'll kill him in the third season, <laughs> and then we'll get some. And who cares? Because the episode it's all six episodes long. The season, so we'll all be fine. And let's get him on Netflix. There they are. You know who watches them? My mother-in-law. Oh, my, my wife. gosh. My yeah, wife. There we go. Is your is my mother-in-law your wife? No. Oh, thank God. Yes. That would be, be very weird. awkward. It's super awkward. It would make Christmases nice, though. <laughs> but it would still yeah, be awkward. Be. All right. Uh, so, we are coming up now, I believe, on uh, one hour and 20 minutes. Uh, and oh. so, is there is there another thing to bring up before... You have to go to work in 10 minutes. (laughs) Because it is right now for us 1 a.m. in the morning. Oh, it is 1 a.m. in the morning. We've been doing this since about 6. Yeah. uh, With an exception of a pizza break where we went and had pizza and just kept talking like this. (laughs) So that's the way it is.
1: (laughs) But when we talk in in a restaurant now, I find that I'm like, I'll drop subjects really quickly if I think that, oh, that would be good to talk about on the Ah, show.
0: That's a good point. Oh,
1: well, no, we'll talk about it on the show. Or talk I about hot wings. Then I forget about it.
0: Okay, so fo- so uh, we love to hear from you as well. Uh, we're sort- do we? You know what? I don't like hearing uh, from Daniel. So Daniel, shut up! Really? I don't know who. Do we have a Daniel? <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, I don't like hearing from Stephen. Oh. Stephen? Yeah. You look. and Daniel, shut. up. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, Wilhelmina. Okay. What about her? Shut up. I don't want to hear from you either. The rest of you can write to us (laughs) on our webpage at sneakydragon.com. And if you are a Daniel, I mean the other Daniel, not you. I meant Daniel R. (laughs) Oh, dear. Wait, is that also the right? Oh, my God. Is that correct? Oh, we lost a listener. Okay. Whatever.
1: Oh, he has has a good sense of humor.
0: Okay, very good. Uh, Sneakydragon.com. That's where we have our episodes and we have our message board underneath there. Uh, Post on there or uh, write us uh, email wise at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. So SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com or go to Twitter, Sneaky underscore Dragon, or go to Tumblr, SneakyDragon.Tumblr. And there we are. And and Dave and I are on Instagram under our own names, Ian Boothby, David Edrick. You can go there. Uh, and uh, hey, why not buy our book, Sparks? It is in bookstores now. Also, I've got a comic book coming up from Image called Sisters I'm doing with Giselle Legacy. Uh, you can pre-order that now if you want from your local comic book shop. What? And or online comic book whatever and uh, it's gonna be fun so do that That's my really wife great. my wife Pia also has a book coming out called me the people which is her editorial cartoons and it is Fabu I've <laughs> seen it it's great uh, that is also available for pre-order coming out in October much like extra sisters is soft cover hard hardcover, hardcover. Oh. you can use it. To uh, squash something that you want to be squashed. Don't squash uh, insects, though. That would bother some of our uh, our listeners. Yeah, who are fans of insects. I don't like squashing insects myself. No, don't don't do that. Uh, you know what? I uh, use it to uh, make uh, tortillas. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just flatten tortillas with ah, them, okay. and then have a nice, uh, nice seems, uh, taco. Seems, seems rough on the book. Yeah. Why just put it on the shelf. And enjoy it there. What, your tacos? No, your book. Oh, that makes more sense than tacos yes, on the shelf. Yeah, it certainly does. I don't even know why you brought up the tacos on the shelf thing. Was it was didn't make any sense. No, no one knows what I was talking about. Folks, we did some filthy jokes. Uh, things that make us unable to direct Disney movies in the future. <laughs> uh, it's going to come back to haunt us. And when you listen to this episode and go, what was wrong with these guys? Once again, let me reassure you, we are getting very little oxygen. We are high up <laughs> at Hell Kitty Studios. Yes. Uh, air is coming in. That is the worst quality air in North America. You said it. They say it's the equivalent of smoking seven cigarettes a day.
1: Yeah, feels like it.
0: Uh, our lungs are full of goo. Our throats are closing up. Yep. But we still want to do a show for you because uh, we love you guys. So uh, thanks for listening. And we will be back next time with uh, better voices and uh, clearer heads. Yes. Uh, but the jokes will still be about the same. I'm sorry. This yeah, is who we are. pretty much... This is what we're going to do. Bog standard. You know how it goes. Yep. All right, I'm Ian. I'm David. Bye. Bye, everyone.
1: pulled it out in the end.
0: Yeah, that's what she said.